This is crazy. This is the start of something super special for us. It's only just begun. <laughs> Oops, I should turn off my phone. Let's Whoa, start dude. there. <laughs> so this is completely, uh, we're starting out as podcasters that have just absolutely no idea what we're doing, but here we are. We, I'm Ben. This I'm is Marta. Marta. And uh, we're very excited to start on an adventure to um, kind of explore the different facets of life. Absolutely. I think we spend many nights in my living room hanging out after a few cocktails and just talking about happiness and how people are afraid to take risks to do something, whether it's a career move or a lifestyle change. And we just decided we know a lot of great people. And a lot of that is just taking a little risk, being a little vulnerable, like doing a podcast. I guess we should kind of like talk about what the hell it is. We I mean, probably should. We haven't even talked about like what it's Who called. Who the fuck are we? Who the fuck are we? Who the fuck are you, Ben? Uh, well, I'm Ben. My name is Ben Farber. I am from San Francisco, California, born Woo-hoo. and raised. Hello. Uh, from a little town called Sausalito, north of, uh, north of San Francisco, right over the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, I have a brother, I have a sister, I have an incredible mom. Uh, you know, I went to private school. I, you know, I kind of like, I like to admit that because I feel like I'm very stereotyped in that way of just like. Are you a rich kid? I, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. My kid goes to private school. That was a jerk thing to say. Yeah, you know, it's all good though. That's like, that's the stereotype. But I think what's, you know, like what I've been able to grow up in is my mom and my dad both have. You know, their whole, their number one thing was experiences and mm-hmm. education and ex- exploration. You know, that's child the story upbringing. of Ben. Is that, st- I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to say in this. What else do, what else I do mean, I talk about? I mean, how, okay, maybe talk about what you do now and then how we're connected. Okay, I love that. So music is passion. Music has always been my passion, playing the piano, singing the boys' chorus when I was growing up, and Blink-182 is my favorite band of all time. Got into punk and skating when I was a kid and wanted to be in music, and so when I was in college uh, in Ohio, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and my mom suggested that you should look into the music business, and that was the first time that I never really thought of music as a business. Um, and so from there, I was fortunate enough to get a great internship at Interscope Records. With a big asshole named the- <laughs> my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tony Riggins. Mr. Tony Riggins. That was in 2006. And so I met Tony and he took me under his wing and man, I mean. <laughs> you were getting coffee. Yo, co- I knew, I knew Tony's them. mocha orders. Like, <laughs> What was his mocha order? Oh man, it was like a grande mocha americana or something some ridiculous thing that like tony you know custom tony drink or you whatever. make it complicated just to fuck with you That's probably you do probably but um i also you know tony and i also built a really great friendship over those years and um he was i like i guess we need to kind of shift to you to bring the story up to speed for where we connected okay right because that was the moment that i learned who you were That's but true. we had never met Okay, let's get into DeLorean. Let's go back in time. Let's go back. To 1981. <laughs> I'm Marta Riggins. I was born in Napa. I was born in Napa, Jesus. I'm from Napa, California. 
Um, and I grew up in a small town. I went to school at California State University, Chico. I'm very proud of going to a state school, getting a comms degree, where I met my now husband, Tony Riggins. My brother went to Chico, by the way. It's Got amazing. Got a lot of love for Chico. Chico State Wildcats. Yep. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. It's an amazing place. Yes, it if is. If you he know was... how to focus. <laughs> if you don't, you're gone. Half my dorm was gone oh, the first bet. semester. They did not come back. I mean, did you guys have fun in Chico? Like, I always ask no. my brother. I call him a lot. I'm like, like, what, what do you do up there? Dude, you do everything. You go to house parties. You float down the river. The river's a big thing, huh? You, yeah, you you just go to bars where everyone knows your name. You just hang out. You just hang it's out. It's like, like small town living. I guess it was like Delaware, Ohio, too. It's like a bubble. It's Well, yeah, but it's just, it's fun. People from Chico have really great social skills. I actually love hiring people from Chico, not because I want to be super biased, but people who went to Chico, like, they know how to focus and work hard, and they're also very sociable. Yeah. That's we're great. just we're a sociable bunch. That's awesome. So I met uh, I met my husband at Chico State. We were best friends in college. Didn't date till after. Ben was his intern. Yes, I was. And so I got to know Ben through Tony, who's really not a bad guy. We're making him sound like a we total are. dick. We are. He's it's a wonderful guy. We love guy. him so much that we love. He we can just want to rip on him. He can, he can take it. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and he does just stupid shit like that to make things hard because that's just <laughs> his type of personality. But he's a wonderful person. And so I met Ben through Tony and. Ben and I had the good fortune of working together at Pandora. The and thing, though, is, is that I have to mention that's crazy, though, what? is this was in 2006 and seven. Oh, yeah. We hadn't met in person until, like, Pandora. You're, Do you realize that? Really? Or Are maybe, like, sure? right before I joined Pandora. There was years wow. of time where- We didn't meet? We didn't meet at all. This is bananas. Are you sure? We, I'm The positive. whole time I live in LA, we didn't meet? The whole time. Wow. This is bananas. Yeah. Well- the important thing is that we did eventually meet. I guess I did, did hear about you for years. We did, for we did. sure. We yeah. definitely knew who we were, for okay. sure. And Ben and I worked together and got to know each other. And I guess that's just, I don't even know what happened after that. We just became friends. Yeah. Pandora was an incredible place. It was an incredible place. Like, we're both not there anymore, but let's admit, I mean, for me, that place completely changed my life. I it makes me so happy that you say that. You know, it took me a while. Like, for for all all our listeners, you know, Pandora has been a business that's gone through a lot of change, and I absolutely love that place. I, how long were you there for? Almost seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Oh my god. Pre IPO. So let's let's get this straight. Marta pretty much shaped the culture of Pandora well, as I it don't. is. That's not. One one person cannot shape culture. Okay. Culture belongs to everybody. Ah, see, I like that. Yes, but I did have the good fortune of being there before it became a public company, and I had worked in marketing my whole career, and I was actually really miserable. I was running an event team. I was gone all the time. I had this outwardly sexy job on paper, doing events like South by Southwest and working with artists and building experiences, and I, I was just so sad and miserable because I was gone all the time and I was exhausted. Um, at the time, the company wanted to grow and they needed to become an employer of choice and they needed to know that Pandora was a great place for people to work, whether you're an engineer, a salesperson, or in the music industry. And um, I started out marketing the company as a place to work, they recruited marketing. I eventually made a case for culture and why we should invest in it and eventually took on giving back and I had a whole team of people. but. Um, I think a lot of people help shape the culture, including the employees. But, I agree. But I had the great honor of that was my job, like being paid to do that. Totally, totally. And that, I, again, that just goes back to how special of a place Pandora is from a from people perspective and how many people we got to meet and shape that culture. And, you know, a lot of people that I talk to today that are no longer there, 
that are uh, that have moved on or are still there. We always talk about the number one thing is the people and the culture that was there, which was really special place. And I think that's kind of uh, a good segue into kind of how we what we want to do when we want to take from you know the relationships that we've had that we've grown. Like you said, I mean on paper. So at Pandora, I did artist marketing and was able to work with a ton of different artists, do a lot of cool stuff um, like South by travel, but it's not not all the glitz and glamour. And there is hard work that you have to put into, you know, to be a part of these types of roles and stuff like that. And when we got to meet a lot of these people and see the behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. I think that's where it kind of sparked my interest of like, man, we, I I get to meet so many interesting people. I want to know like, what path did they take to get to, to, to where they are today? Day. And like, I think about that a lot myself. Like, how did I, my path, get to be sitting with Steve Aoki or Gucci Mane? Like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, why right do you get to do like... that, Ben? You're, you're nobody special. I'm right? kidding. Like, what, what? I'm kidding. You're very special. <laughs> but it is, it is kind of crazy. Like, how did that, how do you get to that place, you know? And what are those events in your life? And I don't know about you, but like, I'll get asked if I do any speaking engagements. People are like, well, what's your advice or what path did you take or how did you do this? And I don't really know how I did it. It's not like I had a strategy or I had a plan, but I think like just hearing people or being inspired by stories or people you can relate to or events, that yep. is, that's super helpful. People just want to know how they can make a transition into a career. Absolutely. Or how, if I want to buy a house, how do I even start that? It's really hard to know where to start sometimes. Yep. And I think that's kind of a lot of our, our inspiration for this podcast. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think beyond that, you know, we, we have great connections with people that work in the entertainment business. But I think for us and what we want to bring to our listener, our hopeful listeners. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, our moms initially. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe Tony. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, Tony will have to listen. We will sit there and make him listen. Oh, he will. For sure. For sure. Um, but, you know, <laughs> maybe all, to all five people that we know. Yep. Yep. And then maybe eventually 10. but yeah I mean like we want to talk to just interesting people beyond you know who we know and and to just nitpick you know what tips we can give you guys and fortunately you know I I think for ourselves as well of what we can take and adapt to our everyday lives exactly when I was at Pandora before I left there was this awesome study that um, Gallup did and it was called how millennials want to work and live. Oh, and, tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Well, at the time, Pandora was 70% millennials, wow. which are people ages 20 to 36 by Gallup's definition. Uh, it was saying that there's sort of five areas around the quality of life. When people are when people are happy in these five areas, like they're not going to switch jobs. Because a lot of my work is around engaging people to not leave their job, making them happy, yep. right? And it's things like, you know, do you have great relationships, whether it's your coworkers or people in your life? Do you have good health? Like, do you have good energy? Whether it's like, you want to walk your dog, you want to play with your kids, you want to exercise. Are you hitting your financial goals? Whether that's like buying a car, buying a house. The, the kind of bottom line of that is that those are things that when those are happening, you're happy. And so I think, you know, what we want to do is we want to talk to people who've kind of tackled different parts of their life, adjusted their lifestyle, whether it's, again, a career change, a passion, a health pursuit they have, and just learn from them and figure out how did they do it? And then what is actual advice you as a listener can take to yeah, go and do that I think that's like the to big, make your happiness? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing right at the end that you said is we want to give real actionable items that people can apply to their lives. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, you know, t- you can take these easy goals that you can put. Um, and I guess we kind of skipped over too. you know, we like to talk about goals. 
and we you know want to set goals for ourselves so i think the other part of this podcast is always striving for what your goal is even if it's on a weekly basis and yep. um you know marta and i want to talk about these goals just for ourselves for every podcast that we do um you know and also for you know the guests that come on learning their goals and hopefully that will give you guys inspiration to come up with your own uh, as well and i mean I, I think goals are just such an important thing, even to the smallest degree. It's true. Because like, it holds you accountable. Holds you accountable. What's the saying in business, people? It's like, what gets managed gets measured. That's Ooh. really big in the corporate world. Have you oh. heard that? No. I hear that all the time in my job. So are you going to hold me accountable, and am I going to hold you accountable? I think we should. I think that would help. All right. Should we set a goal? Yeah. What should we set? Our, I mean, we did have our first goal that we did set before we started recording, which was That's to true. get three guests by You're the end right. of the year. I we're mean, that was our it. first goal. And like cha-ching. cha-ching that we're even sitting here talking. I mean, it's that's just true. crazy that we're even getting this off the ground, you know, and that's I think it, I think that's another thing to point out is just getting started is one of the hardest things. Yes. Um, you know, I hear I've been talking about wanting to do a podcast for so long, and it's like one of those things just getting started. And so, again, going back to our theme of what we want to do, how to get people out there and get started, like yeah. fucking just start doing it. Just do it. Even if it's fucking shitty, you know, at even first, if you spill water all over the recording water, area, you know, like. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Which I just did. You just did. Yeah, Marta, <laughs> literally before we started recording, we sat down and we were bar- about to press the record button and she just spilled the water all over the table. But you know what? It's about also being vulnerable and being okay with being vulnerable. And that's all right when you're starting something new. A hundred percent. Oh, you said it. I just said it. I need to mark it down. You do. Oh, shit. Okay. So uh, should we talk about that as well? Just because I just yeah, let's, did it. Let's just address it real quick. And okay. then we can come back to the the more refined goal. Yeah. Um, Ben, just like everybody right now, oh my God. says 100%. 100% of I the do. time. I don't know where it came from. But Ben from. says it more than ev- anyone I know. It's true. And so um, wh- something I decided was that anytime Ben says 100%, I'm going to track it. And at the end, I'm going to tally it up. I'm going to make him give 100% true Farb fact because his Man. name is Ben Farber. <laughs> so he's going to have to tell us embarrassing stories and facts for every time he says 100%. I have so to, you have to give at least one at the end. All right, fine. Fair enough. But I, 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 like, I realize I probably have to like have a list of them ready to go. Because I'm probably gonna have, I'm probably gonna no rattle way. off 100 a couple times. It needs to be unscripted in unscripted, the moment. Okay. Then they're even Shit. more vulnerable. That's... And you're super hungover right now, so we're gonna get a good one uh, at the end of this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So 100 percent far backs at the end. 100 percent far backs. That's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be good. So anywho, the whole point of what we're saying, what we're doing, is being vulnerable, trying something new ourselves by doing this podcast. And even if only five people and our mothers listen to it, that is fine with us. Our real goal is just to help people be inspired, be inspired to learn, to do, to make their own happiness by hearing real stories of real people. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's it's just that simple. For. That's the, that simple concept that we want to that we want to drive for sure. Um, You're looking real pale. Do you need like do you need a bite of like something? Yeah, I just I'm. So I'm, I'm 32. I'm just at that age now where I can't hang anymore. And 32? I'm like fuck off. 32? I know. Like, That's young. I know, but like for some reason I can't hang anymore. I can't. Like last night I, you know, I went out for a birthday in Silver Lake. You know, I was probably out till like 1.30. I had a, like I didn't go hard. Yeah. I had like a couple beers. 
But like, you know, I get back at two and I'm up at ten thirty. I'm exhausted. Ten thirty. I know. I slept in. I slept oh my in. God, I, I hate sleep you. in on the weekends. You know what? I don't because I have a child. And he, I this don't This is the biggest difference in. of our lives. I mean, Marta <laughs> has a, a, a an incredible home in Oakland, California with her awesome husband and kick-ass son, Thank Levi. You. The thing that, though, is, is like, you know, uh, he's kick-ass to me because I only have to be around him for like two hours in, you know, every couple months. No, he's pretty kick-ass. I mean, I would say he's like 80% angel, 20% shithead. <laughs> and I say that with like the most endearing of way possible. Uh, but, you know, all kids are selfish. They're born fucking selfish. You have to teach them to be grateful and kind and appreciative. Kids are fascinating to me because they're not they're, – they're, they're that and they're also the most honest people. They are very honest. Like, I just love how literal. honest they are. Like, you know, you'll come up and be just be like, you you smell funny. <laughs> like, they'll literally just come out and say it to you. Yeah, like, they definitely uh, – he tells me if my clothes are off. He's like, are you going to wear that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why? And he's like, I don't think you should do that. And he says he's my stylish. I'm like, you mean my stylist? He's like, yes. Oh but he's God. usually – the problem is he's usually right like right spot on. Like, I'll be like, what are you talking about? You're seven. And then I go look in the mirror. I'm like, shit, this doesn't look good. He's right. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming into his own. He's so he's smart. seven years old. So he's seven years old, and he wakes up at six thirty on the dot every day. And so I can't sleep in. So even if I've like stayed out and had some wine, I wake up at six thirty. So don't fucking tiny violin wind me that you slept <sighs> until ten thirty. So right. Yeah, and here I am over here, bachelor apartment in L.A. Exactly. But I think that's what's gonna make this so kick ass of just ha- bringing those different perspectives and different questions. I feel like it's gonna drive a lot of interesting conversations with some interesting people. It's true, and because you live in L.A. and I live in Oakland. And we're going to flip-flop doing the podcast in LA and Oakland. We get the best of both worlds. Absolutely. And maybe we can finally settle this whole, you know, like battle that LA and the Bay Area have. I Except hate that. that Bay Area doesn't even know it's a fucking battle. LA is just shitting on San Francisco. Oh, no, wait. It's the other way around. San Francisco shits on LA. What do you – oh, they, they don't like LA. San Francisco shits on LA, but like LA doesn't know it. And the Bay Area, I think people haven't been to LA. Or like if they have, they're like, I've been to Disneyland. I'm like, that's not real LA. What? And, and they, they're just like, oh, L.A., everyone is, you know, like, sceney and too cool. And, you know, like, there's a bunch of that bullshit here. But there's so many rad people that live here. Totally. When it's we just... lived here, when we were first married, we were looking for – Tony and I were looking for an apartment. And I, we could get this huge place in Culver City. And I'm not – it was like $1,000 a month are for you... 1,200 square feet. Are this, you kidding me? This is before, like, Ford's filling station opened up and all that. And wow. I was like, babe, we should totally live here. And he's like, no one's going to come visit us. <laughs> And I, I like. I Where were like, you guys before? We were in uh, Santa Monica. Oh, okay, that's right. That's we were right. in a shithole apartment in Santa Monica, where the walls were so thin that you could hear our neighbor coughing at night. Oh God! It was what such a shithole. Oh my goodness! But it's... that's why I appreciate everything I have because I, you know, we I made nothing when I came here. Yeah. Like when I came here and I worked for Innovative, I had to answer eleven phone lines. What? Yeah, not a single one could go to voicemail, or I would get yelled at. It was like, you know, I, I had to work like 10 hours a day and I made nothing. I mean, I made less than someone who worked at McDonald's. That's insane. It was insane. And I, I was so broke. I shopped at the um, fashion district in downtown. How did you get the job? I got the job through networking, which is the most important thing anybody can do. Hey, hands down. I, I mean, let's talk about that because you're okay. incredible at networking. Thank you. I mean, well, like, so are you. Thank you. Thank you. I, we both are for sure. But like- Networking is such an intimidating thing for a lot of people to do. And like, 
you know, I have a lot of conversations like people do ask me sometimes like, hey, Ben, how are you? You know, how are you able to just start up conversations? Yeah. And like I'm still scared to go in and have conversations, but it's just kind of one of those like fuck it situations. But like how do like we need to learn? Like, how did you, you do it? You have. Well, I think you have to you have to learn how to do it and you have to learn that's important. And so this is before LinkedIn. So this is before LinkedIn existed. There was, you know, like no LinkedIn profiles, nothing like that. Um, I was home like during Christmas break in college. I ran into the vice president of my high school who was so sweet, Mr. Roger Ashla. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, hey, what are you thinking about when you graduate? And I said, I really want to work in entertainment, but I know nobody. And he's like, well, my my college best friend, he's a big wig in entertainment. And he also went to a state school. He was all about state schools and state school, like kids getting a, a leg up. And he was like, I'd be happy to introduce you. So he introduces me to one of my mentors, uh, Tom. And Tom was like a former president of ABC. And, and he said, I'm going to arrange for you to fly and meet him. So I flew down to LA with no money. I brought a friend's car. I, um, through Tom, met his sons who worked, one worked for Sony, one worked for William Morris. I like met Pat Sajak. Like I went, he was like, oh, do you want to, you want to just pop on the set of Wheel of Fortune? I'm what? like, okay. I know, crazy. And I went on the set of Wheel of Fortune, met Pat Sajak, it was bananas. That and is insane. It was so, it was just like, it was so surreal. Yeah. And the one thing I, I did is I knew that I was going to meet with one of his sons who like at nighttime on a Friday. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's so nice to give me his time. I'm going to, I'm from Napa. Yep. I'm going to bring some wine. Ooh, I didn't idea. know if anyone drank. And I said, I'm just going to bring these nice bottles of wine. So I bring a nice bottle of wine to his, one of his sons named Chris, who uh, is also one of my good friends and mentors now to their house. And I just said, thank you for taking the time to meet with me. And I just asked questions. I said, I really don't know what I want to do. I just want to start somewhere. And um, he and his wife had dinner with me. They were so appreciative of the wine. Chris was a total wino and loved the wine. And um, Cher, his wife, said, you know, hey, I'm an agent at Innovative Artists and I need a new assistant. Wow. Would you be interested in working for me? Wow. And I was like, yes, I'll do anything. I don't care. So um, I went back to school and I interviewed and I got the job and I got the job to go be on her on her desk as an assistant. And the crazy the reason why I brought up the wine is because it's just again a, a, a sh like showing an appreciation. But so many years later, fast forward to I work in LA for a long time, almost 10 years. I end up working great jobs. I end up working innovative for a year. I go work for the city of Los Angeles doing marketing at the LA CVB Convention and Visitors Bureau. <laughs> Very fancy. Um, Very fancy. I go work for AOL back when AOL was a thing. Oh man. And I got to help work on TMZ and help like launch some of the digital platform of TMZ. So I had all these really great experiences and it was time for us to leave LA. We were like, we're going to move to the Bay. We need a break. Um, our friends, Chris and Cher. So I worked for Cher for a year as her assistant and her husband, Chris, they became my friends. Chris is like an amazing, Chris was at William Morris and at Sony and now he's at Apple. Wow. And um, we were going to leave and he said, come over for a Bay City sandwich. Oh, my the best. Tony's fave. Come over for the godmother. <laughs> oh, gotta get the godmother. Tony's fave. And um, Chris had saved that bottle of wine that I'd given him. What? From like almost 10 years ago. Holy shit. And he like brought it out and he poured me a glass of wine and was like, cheers to your success. Look how far you've come. And I started bawling like a baby. Holy shit that is epic and that wine like it's just something small that can be so meaningful to people you just don't know you know how that can take you somewhere that's i mean that's i think that's just like the biggest takeaway is just like these small appreciations for for people can go just 
lasting years, it's your true. entire career or what interest in hobbies. Like, I think the two things that I kind of took away from from your story was that, you know, you asked questions, you know, how can I, you know, get to where I want to go and using those resources and just asking and putting yourself out there because people do want to help. They absolutely do. And you know what else? Everyone's a little bit of an egomaniac. So if you're like, hey, Ben, I really admire what you do. I would love to learn from you. Would you make that time? Very people are going to say no. Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. if there's a mutual connection and they know that like you're somebody special to someone else, they're going to do it for yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, people want to give. They do. They want to give. And I think sometimes they probably don't know what to give. So, you know, that like little knowledge or help or advice to them is, you know, that's that's incredible. Um, and so, and then, and then beyond that, you know, showing your appreciation for that by small, small gestures yeah. that you can do. And it doesn't have to be a bottle of wine. It could be, you know, a thank you note or I, I don't know, fucking you, whatever, you know, whatever but, they like, whatever they like. Um, but wine for sure is, is obviously good. But, um, yeah, it's just like small gestures can take, can take you a long way. So that's yeah. that's awesome. But networking is the key to getting any job. I think that like most jobs, you don't get them through applying. They're absolutely through networking. 100%. We're we're in a position to help people's, you know, change their lives and yeah. it's actually a pretty cool thing to like to do, you it know. It is. And I think it's about paying it forward because Again, these all these people who met with me when I was this young thing, like, I don't know, I just want to work in entertainment, like took a chance on me to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you my time. Like, I think time is one of the most valuable things you can give people. I fully agree. And, I fully agree. And I believe in paying it forward. Like, when people are like, hey, will you meet with this person? There's somebody I know. I will absolutely make the time because that's how I got my start. Yep. And I think being grateful and uh, and having empathy and honesty and trust you know, you when you have those things and are emulating those things on a daily basis with everyone that you meet, what will happen is that those people will want to connect you with their network and exactly. their friends and, and, you know, know that, like, you're coming from a place of, of good and want to give back. And, and I mean, for me, that those have been, like, the main points in my life that have, for some reason, gotten me to a just a great place with where I am today. So I you think know just a lot of crazy people, and you've had a lot of amazing career experiences. It's been nuts for sure. I've, I'm, I'm. It's crazy to like look back and think. I mean, I've been very grateful to to have the path that I've kind of built for myself. And I ask myself a lot, like, how have I even gotten this far? Because I'll tell you this: I was terrible in school. I, really? Yeah. I was like a I, bad student. Well, I was a bad student, but I mean, it was I wasn't bad in a way like I wasn't going to class. I was a terrible test taker. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a visual learner. I'm the same way. I need pictures. <laughs> I need Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> not Twitter. <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it. You know, so I, I had a lot of challenges with like SATs and test taking and, and, you know, applying myself to things that, you know, to classes that I just didn't really have a lot of interest in. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of led me to, like, not have a lot of faith in myself for, like, what the future could hold. Mm. And I feel like when I graduated and got got into the real world, something happened where it was like, okay, this is on me now. It was kind of a realization that, like, all these grades, they didn't really mean shit. What I got out of school was focus and, and showing up on time. Right. And being able, you know, when I went to college and when I went to boarding school – fucking didn't know anyone just showing up at these campuses and just being like 
all right, well, I guess I'm here. Like, what do I do? That would be really scary. It. I mean, I'm telling you, the first night that I got in bed at in in Ohio and my parents left, it was cry? like a. I didn't cry, okay, but I was definitely like, "What the fuck what, is going on?" If you were gonna give one piece of advice to some kid going to boarding school or some parent about to send their kid to boarding school, what would it be? Give it a chance. Just like give it a chance. I mean, you know, the first I I think anywhere new that you go, no matter what, is always gonna be super difficult to to adapt and to learn. And like, you're you're just you have to give things chances before you judge. Sounds like networking. It sounds like you learn networking at boarding school. You know, now that you mention it, I think that's kind of my the natural thing I did learn. Yeah, guess, that's like, that's what you're describing is like being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. Like that's networking. I've never thought about it that way, to be honest with you. <gasps> wow. That's really crazy. We just got so deep. We did. Since college and starting my career, I've had an incredible experience being in front of you know entertainers and putting on shows and building programs and I think it all stems from I'm just passionate about what I'm doing yeah well you you have to be passionate that's the other reason why we have to we're doing this is like I'm hitting my fist if you can hear that on the I, thing. Yeah, right? I'm very excited you have to be passionate about what you do and if their passion isn't there, it's like, what are you doing wasting your time? What are you doing? What are you doing? Exactly. And so I think that a lot of people just want to feel passion. They just want to feel energy from the work they're doing or the life they're leading. And I think that that's something that like, it's so great when you can actually achieve that with how you make money, you know, aligns with your passion. That's yeah. such a rare thing. And it's a rare gift to be able to have. That's like the ideal day. For you to oh, wake up. We're just tying everything in a bow right now. I'm trying, you know. Look at like, you coming back from the dead. <laughs> Am I coming back? <laughs> kind Is of. blood rushing into my face you a, look little a little bit more? a little pink now. Oh, God. Okay, good, good. But yeah, I think it's just, you know. Uh, so your perfect day is when your passion is aligning with with what you're making a living. A hundred percent. How you're making a living. A hundred percent. Like. Oh, my God, it's twice. Oh, yeah, it's twice. God. Um, Sorry, continue. Um, yeah, like. You want to wake up every day and not feel like you're working. And I know that's very difficult to do. And I think that's kind of one of the things that we want to give people with this podcast is we're fortunate enough where we've gotten we work in a business where we're happy where we're we are happy and we have found our passion. And who knows how that could change over time. But we're also, you know, we also want other avenues of of um what's the word I'm looking for? We want to, uh, for for our creative juices, yes. beyond what we're doing. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, if you're not happy with what you're doing in your job right now, yeah, you probably can't just up and leave and fucking quit. Like, right. you, well, know, or you, you, bills you do and, and then shit. you regret it. It's like, yeah. you know. But there are opportunities for you to start your passions. And and like, again, like we're, what we're doing right now is we're starting something new and, and starting a passion, just trying it and just doing it. And, I think that could lead to a lot of incredible things down the line. It might yep. not be this year, it might not be next year, whatever, but like if you, it gives you brings you happiness, like that to me is what success is. So Ben, you said 100% two times. So you have to give two fun fart facts. Okay. So I think the first fact that I should point out is I want to call it my sister. She is a, can I say my sister? Yeah. Okay. So my sister is a winemaker and she 
she actually has her own line of wine called Miriam Alexandra. And I am saying this because I love bragging about her and using her to my advantage because of because of her wine. And uh, I think this is a good call to like kind of point out point out that she has a wine called Miriam Alexandra that you can go check out and that you can purchase. So that's one fact. Okay. One more farb fact, less promotional. Okay. The other farb fact is that I like to sleep, um, you know, like like a sleeping bag. Like I need to be like tucked. Like I need my like feet, like like my blanket needs to be like over and covering my feet at like all times when I'm sleeping. Do you tuck yourself in? Well, no, I mean. Who tucks you in? <laughs> my roommate. <laughs> he comes in. Wow. I but I just you, need I my feet covered rent. at all times when I'm sleeping. Like it just is like I feel vulnerable if my feet are like out. I don't know. I get that. I Even on the hottest night, like I need, I need a top sheet, like a yeah. top sheet. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, man, you don't feel right. Yeah. I get it. I guess we're just going to quickly wrap things up now. I mean, you know, this was the first episode. Like yep. we've got so much cool shit coming up. So much cool shit. Stay tuned. Is that a good ending? Yeah, it's fine. All right.